Hello, and welcome to Bust and Beyond with your host, Robin Hayhurst. In this podcast, Robin will introduce guests that have known failure and want to share their story about how they got through it and what happened next. This will make you learn how to see things from a new perspective and avoid making the same mistakes. Please welcome Robin Hayhurst. So we met um, oh, a while ago, and you kind of said you'd come on and have a chat about really what you've seen from the accountancy side about companies and what how they have failed or been near failure and kind of what you've learned from that. So perhaps you'd like to kind of tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do, why you do it, and then we can move on to talk about some of the companies you've worked with. So, yeah, we, we set the accountancy firm up about 17 years ago. And uh, yeah, we, we do the accounts, bookkeeping and payroll, that sort of stuff for, for clients. And we have done for many years. Then a few years ago, we um, sort of stumbled across the book Profit First by Mike. And um, yeah, we thought this is really clever. You know, this, this is onto something. You know, we were already telling some of our clients to have separate bank accounts, but not at the level that, that obviously the book talks about. So, um, you know, we, we read it a couple of times. We did it on ourselves, got some results, thought that's really clever and brilliant. So we tested it on a few clients, worked with them. So we reached out to um, to Mike and, uh, yeah, we learned all about the sort of accreditation process. So we, we we did all the training, we passed all the tests, we've got the accreditation. In fact, we've got a nice little video from him as well, um, acknowledging us. And, yeah, we are the, the only Profit First certified accountancy firm in Wales at the moment, as of today anyway. Is the reason you didn't say surname is like me, you can't pronounce it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be clear to everybody listening, it's uh, a book called Profit First. There are various guises of it. There's one that I use for my clients, which is Profit First for Contractors, which is actually written by someone else, but it's based on that book. It's a really simple system to help you run your business and to make sure that you, can, you make a profit and to control your finances. And it's, I would say it's, it's a snapshot look at your business, isn't it, that gives you kind of feedback instantly? It's really clever, yeah. It, it's sort of, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say this or not, but we sort of call it like some sort of Google Translate between the actual accounts, that, uh, you know, your, your accountants, if you like, and, and the actual you know, bank accounts and everything in between. So, so you'll hopefully yeah, get that snapshot and, and see what, what's going on. That's wonderful. So... How many companies have you put this into and have you had any that have kind of really been near failure when you've uh, you've gone in and uh, turned it around using the system? Yeah, good. good. There's a couple of points. So, yeah, so in terms of businesses that are near failure, yeah, we see patterns, if you like, because of course we work with best part of 1,000 clients, all different sizes and different sectors and things like that. Yeah, essentially we see a pattern and in the main – the ones that tend to find themselves in financial difficulty are the ones that are perhaps either not understanding all their finances correctly in the best way or making the right decisions. And chances are it's because they're doing something called bank balance accounting. So what I mean by that is that they're probably logging into their bank every day or possibly several times a day or whenever it is that they log into their bank and they're making decisions based on what's in there. So if, if for example, there's a lot of money in there, then they're going out and buying things. And if there's not enough money in there, then they're panicking. But if, for example, you know, 
on on a particular day there's a lot of money they they make a purchase let's say they go out and buy a van or or something along those lines a big purchase and then only either at the end of the month or you know the month after they realize they've got a, a tax bill or, or something breaks and they weren't expecting to so so they're constantly you know sort of up and down in, in the cash flow it's very sort of lumpy um, probably a better way of describing it so that is that's the pattern that's what we we see is the businesses that tend to find themselves in trouble are the ones that are doing bank balance accounting but then they're not doing it properly and like the book talks about it is possible to do bank balance accounting as long as you've got the correct banks bank accounts each bank account has a purpose and you get into a nice rhythm and and habit of of how you move money into those bank accounts and then it'll work perfectly but a lot of businesses obviously don't do it that way and um, yeah that's how they find themselves in in a bit of trouble and then I think the other question you had there was about the, the sort of the book. So the book, I spoke with a, a, a chap called Ron. He works very closely with Mike, has done for years. And um, we were talking the other day, and I think the book has now sold over a million copies. I'm not sure of the downloads, but the book itself is over a million million copies. I think it's translated now into something like 28 different languages. And there's a few different variations, like you just said there about the uh, profit first for contractors and, and things like that. There's a few different variations out there. They all essentially work around this this thing called bank balance accounting. One thing that kind of I realised many years ago, and actually is a fact as well, that um, companies generally don't go bust through not making a profit. They go bust because they run out of cash. If you don't control that cash, if you don't actually understand it, then you, you've got a problem. And I think um, profit first is a great system. Add to that a really good cash flow forecast system. And you can start kind of looking forward and see if you've got any problems coming up and then you've got a chance to do something about them. Exactly right. That's exactly what it does. So, um, yeah, it, and you're right. I think anyone can do any sort of Google search they like about what reasons why businesses tend to fail and stuff like that. And it's not usually because they're not profitable or it was a bad idea or that the owners weren't, weren't very good or whatever it is, you know, actually most of the time. In fact, most of those searches will probably tell you that most of the time it's yeah, cash flow. You know, they run out of cash. And a lot of people don't understand the difference between cash flow and, and the accounts that the accountants are you know, preparing and submitting to HMRC. There is a difference, I promise. Absolutely. I mean, one of the comments I get a lot from people that I work with is, um, my accountant said I made a profit, but I don't actually know where that is. So I've got to pay tax on my profit, but I haven't seen it. You know, where, where, where's the money gone? And I think that's quite common. That happens all the time for us several times a week probably where you know we, we're preparing the end of your accounts for somebody and uh, yeah they're seeing these these overall figures for the entire year you know of all the money that's come in and um you know obviously we're, we're detailing where it's all gone out but they could just can't believe where it's all gone and then obviously at the end it says that there's a, a profit figure and for most of them you know the most obvious thing is well if I've, if I've made that profit if that's what i'm paying tax on where is it why isn't it in the bank account so then obviously there's another conversation about how and where that's already gone or potentially still owed, it is a difficult one. But the good thing about the um, the Profit First system is one of those bank accounts is, is labelled profit. And the idea is, is you move a set percentage of, of whatever comes in into that profit account. And then every quarter, you divide that profit in half usually. And half of that money gets retained by the business in a, in a profit hold account. That's sort of building up your war chest. That's for the next opportunity, whatever you know the business needs to do. And the other half, that's the reward for the owners. So um, yeah, it, it works really, really well, and it motivates. And um, you know, the owners they then know 
you know, they've, they've got a certain amount of profit that's built up each quarter, half of it stays with the business, and then the other half is, is their reward. Absolutely. And of course, if you're taking your profit out from each invoice, if you haven't got enough money left then to run the company, straight away a red flag, early warning sign, there is a problem here. And of course, you know, you can move money back from the profit account to sort it out in the short term, but in the long term, you've got a problem you need to resolve and it's obvious. We've got a client, well, a couple of clients that have sort of said things like, you know, it's, it's like a brilliant measuring measuring stick, you know, for how their business is performing. You know, they haven't got to wait for the end of year accounts or quarterly management or whatever it might be. It's, it's very instant. It's very visual. You'll get into a rhythm and a pattern and you'll know roughly how much money needs to be in each bank account. And, you know, if you're not able to move that money or if it's not there, it's, it's very instant and very visual. So, yeah, it's, it's very, very clever. Another another client said it's kind of like... Um, like because they've likened in this particular example the, the the client likened cash flow to like a or bad cash flow as like a cancer on a business which i thought was a brilliant way of looking at it um and he said that you know what we were doing we were like the doctors with you know this this medicine being profit first and it was it was detailing exactly where their cancer was you know and, and what to do about it so it was a very clever clever way of looking at it yeah i think it highlights things very quickly doesn't it and i um I mean, I like it as a system. It's it's simple. I think a, si- a simple system will work. Absolutely. I think um, in that Profit First for Contractors book, he says somewhere in there along the lines that, you know, it's hard enough running a construction company or any company, to be honest. You don't want, need, you know, extra complicated things to have to worry about. This one, if anything, gives you some time back and simplifies it. Absolutely. So the Profit First for Contractors was actually written by a guy called Sean Van Dyke. So uh, I did ask him to come and speak to my client once, but his fees were so high, I, I almost fell over backwards just for a Zoom call. I suppose he's my, my competition bit in the States. The book's good. I can't take that away from it. I mean, it's obviously just a copy of the, the main book, Adapted, and I think the adaptions are, are right and correct. And I did mention to him, you know, trying to negotiate on, on his fee that, you know, his uptake in sales of the book in the UK was all down to me, but he, he didn't take a lot of, uh, yeah, didn't seem to change the price. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good system. I think people that put it in place really do benefit from it. Kind of thinking about the kind of companies you work with, what kind of failures have you seen and, and what kind of near misses have you seen? So obviously we've been doing this a while now. So yeah, we have seen Unfortunately, some businesses that have failed. We've seen some businesses that have been very close to failing. So yeah, so we've got we've got that experience, I guess, un, under our belt. I think, like I said earlier, there is a, a common theme. That, you know, regardless of the sector or the type of business or, or whatever else is this, in the main, the, the ones, you know, the, the ones that find themselves in that difficulty are the ones that you know maybe been too not necessarily even that they've ignored their accounts, is maybe been too busy to focus their attention on on the accounts or. They are making those decisions, like I said, on on bank balance accounting, making bad decisions because, you know, like at any bank account, sometimes, you know, it's, it's looking good. It's got, it's got some money in there and other times it's not. Panic can sometimes set in and they don't spend money where they perhaps should be spending money, which gets them into more trouble or they're taking on debt that they maybe can't afford. The book talks about this brilliantly. And I think the, the contract one where it was about a van. So... Most tradespeople generally have a van and, you know, if they're growing, sometimes they need more than one van or, you know, if that van's coming to the end of its life, either way, they know that there's, unless, say, for example, they're going to take out a finance agreement. Clever thing that the book 
suggests is that you put a, a certain amount of money, whatever you think that that van payment might be per month, you start putting it into a, again, each bank has, has a purpose, so call it van, whatever you want to, and start putting a, um, a set amount rather than just a percentage into that. And then you can see how the business performs. You could do that for a few months. And if your business is struggling, then you know you're not ready or can't afford that, that van, van payment right now. And hopefully on the on the plus side though, if 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 the business if everything still continues working fine and, and it looks like you can afford that monthly payment, brilliant. And then that amount of money is still there, it's still yours, still the business. So when it comes to buying the van, you could use that as a deposit, or if you're part exchanging, then at least you've got that money and you can use it for sign writing or fitting out whatever you might need. Hopefully some vans need some some extra stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's a really clever way of essentially saving but saving with a purpose and at the same time using it as cash flow you know your measuring stick if the business can is ready to to take on that sort of monthly payment i think you know that's a really good point and i love the van scenario uh, it's something that a lot of my clients get wrong even the bigger companies when i was working with a company with about four million pound turnover not huge in our industry but bigger company that i've worked with and they were making the mistake actually around a van which all the guys had vans but they're pop the vans in the overhead and they weren't part of the cost on site. So it was really, really diluting their profit. And actually what it was doing was where they thought they're making 30% per an hour per person on site. They're making three. hundred percent see that a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people, they think when they, they get a, a £10,000 payment, that's 10000 into the business. It's really not. You know, out of that 10,000, a chunk of it is going on your overheads, a chunk of it is going out on taxes, you know, and then you hopefully a chunk of it is obviously profit. But um, yeah, they've got to start looking at it as that 10,000 or a thousand, whatever it happens to be, is is not all all theirs. Obviously, it's, it's it needs to be separated out, and that's what the system does. Yeah, and it does, it does it very, it does it very well. It makes you think about this kind of this cost. Anything going into overheads really has to be thought out. But a site cost is different because a site cost, you're, you know, and, and your van is a site cost. You can then get profit overheads on top of that. So it's a double whammy. Rather than it coming out of profit and just disappearing, you're actually making profit on that cost. You know, people get a bit worried about, you know, lots of my clients ask this kind of thing, well, what do you, what's your hourly rate? Well, because Fred down the road, you know, he, he charges 30 quid an hour, so I'm going to charge, you know, I charge 30 as well. We haven't calculated it. It is tr- tricky for the tradespeople because, yeah, they often trying to, people want to know how much it is by the hour, by the day or whatever else, but they sort of forget it's not just that that time where they actually see that builder or, or plumber or electrician on site. It's, it's all the training, it's all the updates and the qualifications they've had to maintain to get to know what they're doing, you know, to be able to hang a door or whatever. Then, of course, it's all their tools. There's wear and tear on those tools their customer might not really want to have to pay for a new drill if it breaks on site or whatever else, but they must all realize, hopefully realize anyway, that, you know, that drill is, is, is wearing itself out. So, um, so yeah, all those, those things right down to the van, you know, obviously that van has a lifespan on it as well. So, um, yeah, all those things. So that's why it's tricky when it comes to an hourly rate, you're not just really trying to charge for that hour of time that somebody's there. It's, it's all the other things that, that need to be factored in. Absolutely. And, you know, and then you've got profit overheads on top of that. But that's the actual cost of you to the company or the cost of, you know, that person to the company. So, you know, however you spin it, if you decide to copy the bloke down the road and charge 30 quid and the cost to you, you know, of that person is £35, 
you're actually giving that client five quid every hour. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's actually costing you money to do that job. But yeah, there's there's a lot of businesses, not just trades businesses, you know, in lots of businesses that don't really know or understand their actual costs. Um, you know, whether they want to boil it down to per hour, per person, or per widget, whatever it is. But obviously, that essential. And I, I might be going off tangent a little bit here, but what we do is, as obviously profit first professionals, is we do something called a profit assessment. So it's one thing to sort of educate yourself and understand what Profit First is as a cash flow management system and that it used bank accounts. The next logical thing is to have a profit assessment. And that's where we'll work those things out. You know, we'll work out those costs, what your real, they call it real revenue and things like that, and what those percentages should be so that you can get yourself into a rhythm of, right, I've received £10,000 and it's you know been two weeks or a month or every week depending on how often they want to move the money but idea is getting a pattern and then move that set percentage into whatever the bank account needs to be and operate the business that way and it's a much safer business that way and you know i think it makes you look professional if you kind of understand your business and understand your costs and if you're standing in front of a client and you know you're saying well it's 40 pounds an hour and it's a made-up figure in yourself, as a professional, it's difficult to justify. If you understand where that figure's come from and you understand the cost to you, you kind of much more take it or leave it because you know that's your cost. So you can be much stronger in you know, your defence of your costs because of that. Absolutely. And when somebody asks for 10% off or they try and haggle the price or, or whatever else, actually, they're looking at the whole price. They're not looking at your profit or whatever your margin might have been. So if you give away a certain percentage of whatever the total value is, again, you've almost shot yourself in the foot. Totally. And, and I see that time and time again. Um, and for really small companies, you take, if you're kind of you know out there yourself working, that's all you are. Just, you know, you, you're the company and you're out there. You just split all your overheads, everything, work out how it costs, and you know that that's the cost per hour and that that's what you need to cover your costs. And then you put your profit on top of that because at the end of the day, you might be thinking, well, I'm, you know, I want a salary out of this. But if you're running a company, you're entitled to a profit as well. Otherwise, go and work for someone else. I think you've got to believe, or you know, anyone to go down this route with this cash flow system, you've got to believe that profit is the lifeblood of your business. You know, if you don't make that profit, you're not going to be able to afford to reinvest, buy that next bit of tools or equipment or, or take on that next opportunity. So if, if you believe that profit is the lifeblood, then obviously it is really, really essential. You've got to know your numbers. So I know you can't talk about individual clients because that's just not professional, but I just wonder if you've got examples and, uh, you know, in 17 years, there might be one or two where people have perhaps got it completely wrong, failed, then started again, putting things they've learned into place and actually had a huge success. I have the perfect example. Yes. So I've got to be very careful, obviously, of how, how I say this. But yes, essentially, we've got two tradespeople. They were operating their own businesses separately and they've been doing it for, I don't know how long, but in this example, just say a few years. And um, in that time, they'd managed to, you know, do well enough that they'd grown a bit of a brand and reputation. They had a couple of, you know, people working for them. But I think, and this is probably what a lot of people might be able to relate to, is that they felt like they were, they were, work, they were always busy. They were working very hard. They were, you know, paying the bills, but never felt like they really you know, making that profit, you know, where, where was the, um, you know, they, they, they were able to cover their bills, do you know what I mean? But they, there was no 
for the amount of extra time, you know, they're the ones going out and doing the, the pricing and the quoting and they're going through the stresses and when someone leaves and, you know, so where was the reward there? And um, so they're, they're earning a wage. Yeah. Earning a wage. But um, yeah, it, it was almost like beginning to resent their businesses. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably fair to say. Then they were obviously working on separate on their own work and obviously they, they, they knew each other anyway and they started working together and then, um, you know, I think it made sense to them to sort of join forces. So when they joined forces, they realized that if they just carried on doing everything that the way that they both been doing, chances are it will be very similar, if not the same, just with, you know, bigger numbers and more, and probably more stress. <laughs> so, you know, we obviously did the, um, you know, the, uh, we've got a presentation. So some people, if you don't want to read the book, you know, it makes sense to perhaps have a conversation or presentation. So, so we, we did that. They loved the idea and got it straight away. So we, we did that. And then they, you know, what's next? So we're like, right, well, we need to do the profit assessment. So we were basically combining the figures from, from their businesses. Cause although it was a new business when they joined together, it was really, it wasn't like a, a, a brand new business. It was a, it was a, it was a business that was starting, you know, with already a few assets, a few vans, a few members of the team and things like that. So we had to pull the information together and we did the profit assessment. And what that does is it also gives us something called what we call a, well, in fact, I'll go back a step. So when we do the profit assessment, it comes up with something called um, your current allocation percentages, so CAPs. So what we did there is we worked out if they did nothing different, or but, but they had this system in place, even though they didn't, this is the sort of percentages that they were already paying out. So they already received 100% of their money and they already paid, you know, roughly 10%, you know, to the owners as their, you know, their, their wages. They already paid, you know, 10, 20%, what it might have been on, on taxes and things like that. And the rest of it was going on overheads. So, so that's the first part of the, the profit assessment. We work out their current percentages. Then we work out what their target percentages are going to be. So they're called TAPs. And what that does is it pulls the information that the profit first people have already done. And what they've done is they found fiscally healthy companies that are similar, you know, similar sort of turnover brackets. And they've worked out what they believe, you know, are really good targets to, to to aim for so we've done this profit assessment with them we've got their current percentages and then we've got these target percentages and then we do something called a rollout plan so the idea is is that we know where they are at the moment in their percentages and we know where we want them to be so we do it in baby steps and what we don't want to do is let's say for example they've never saved anything for profit you know we don't and we know that the target for them might be 10 percent profit we don't want to immediately go right you know it might make sense you know some people think great but if you immediately started putting 10 percent aside in a profit account and you weren't used to doing that you're going to find it very painful perhaps doing the other things that might need to happen with with the rest of the money so we do it in baby steps and the the, the most obvious one is you perhaps put one percent in that profit account and this is the sort of stuff we did with them and it's been over a year now with them and um it was a, a really nice meeting at, at you know at that, at that year because they'd outgrown their um the bracket so they needed another another profit assessment and also they had paid themselves and they knew where that profit had gone and they had retained like i said 50 percent of the profit as well so it was very clear that they had this money set aside more money than they'd ever had before set aside for the next opportunity and they knew how much that they paid themselves as they were going along which again was more than they had ever paid themselves before so i know it works it's really, really good. That's good, and, and a, a trades company as well. So that's got to be uh, that's got to be positive. So 
just to kind of like come bring this to a conclusion now, and it's been really interesting. I love Prophet Sister, by the way, and I love talking about it. But as an accountant who's seen so many more companies than you know most people, if you're going to give kind of three pointers, three bits of advice to a company uh, setting up that would avoid going bust or avoid failure at any time, what would they be? What would be your three kind of main points you'd make? Okay, I think the first one is a good question, by the way. I wasn't expecting this, so <laughs> So the first one would be to sort of educate yourself. And I don't mean you don't have, you don't have to become a chartered accountant. You know, I mean, educate yourself in that you're probably not the first business that's, you know, set up. You're maybe even in that industry or sector or whatever else. There's going to have been people that have done it before. So, you know, talk to them. Most people are quite happy to, to talk. So almost like either whether it's a coach or a mentor or just someone that you respect or, or whatever else, but educate yourself. Um, there's obviously books and what we've been talking about here, the Profit First book or go on a presentation or seminar, but educate yourself. And in particular, obviously, educate yourself on, on finance, on, on your numbers. So, that's the first one yeah so i'm not saying educate yourself in that you need to be a chartered accountant but i mean educate yourself so you're at least aware of knowing your numbers what what goes into them and and things like that that's the the first one the second one we've been talking about this already so it's it's just to implement the, the profit first system so open up those bank accounts so if whether you're a brand new company or you've only just heard about this, it's, it's open up those bank accounts. It just makes so much sense that you you have a bank account with a purpose and you know you, you get into that habit and that routine. The sooner you get into it, the better. And then the third one, I think, is, is to just follow through. I think there's you get so many ideas thrown at you every day. I don't know if you're watching YouTube or TikTok or, you know, you hear it down the pub or, or whatever else. You know, you hear an idea, that's brilliant, but you never get around to doing it. You know, so I think that the third one is is, is is just do it. Okay, no, that's all very good advice, really. I mean, I, I think you know, on the on the third point, I'd say you know, following through and what I call consistency. If you have a system like Profit First, it doesn't run itself. So you've got to be consistent in running them. And and so many companies I see put systems in place and they go, ah, didn't work. Well, did you run it? You know, well, no. The lads didn't like it, or so and so wouldn't run it, or so. That's kind of you know consistency is really important. But uh, but very very three three very valid points I think. So um, thank you for that. Well, it's been great speaking to you, and um, yeah, I'm sure we'll meet up again and uh, and have further chats. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Bust and Beyond with Robin Hayhurst. Be sure to tune in next time. And visit his website at robinhayhurst.com.